Hello, and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 11. Thanks for being here. How's your week been, guys? We're here doing another one. Before we get any further into the show, I think it's time for a public service announcement for all you retro gamers down there in your 80s-style basement game rooms with the glass block windows way up high on the wall that let light come in, but out of which you, you can't actually see anything. Just to let you guys know, it's springtime. The birds are chirping, the snow is gone, the sun is shining, mostly. Thankfully, though, the TVs still work, and we'll still be here cranking out shows. No worries. This ends the public service announcement portion of the show. A little housekeeping to take care of. I was looking at iTunes yesterday, and since I'm a narcissist, I was looking up Atari Bytes, and I happened to notice in the list of episodes, which I'm happy to report is getting longer now, episode 7, Pac-Man, was not listed in my personal feed since I subscribe to my own show because, again, narcissism. The episode is still in my feed, and it's still up on Stitcher and, and the other places that you can get episodes. And Lipson tells me that everything's cool with my feed, but there appears to be something going on with iTunes where episodes just kind of disappear, at least from the store, but it is, if you're a subscriber to the show, it is still in your feed for the show. So I hope all you guys who are subscribing still have that episode and that anyone who hasn't heard it yet can still get it. I'm hoping that this thing gets taken care of pretty quick. In other news, Atari Bytes now has, I'm excited to announce, a Patreon page. You guys know how Patreon works, right? It's a website where creators can put up a page to let people know that they appreciate them and to invite people, if they want, to throw a little cash toward the creator of the thing that they like. It's not in any way mandatory. It's not like a Kickstarter thing where the creator needs the money to do the show. Some of them might be. In my case, that's not the case. I'm going to keep doing this show regardless, but there are real expenses involved. You know, aside from the time spent putting the show together, there are games to, to buy, there's a cost for the host, lips and charges a fee, there's a cost for storage. There are just a lot of little costs that, that really can add up. I like doing the show, I'm going to keep doing the show regardless, but as the show continues to grow and we continue to add more content, those costs are going to keep going up. So if you can kick in a little money, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you can afford, whatever you feel like the show is worth to you, as sort of a little thank you to me or a little tip or a, a bribe to stop bugging you about it, you know, whatever, if you can go to the Patreon page for Atari Bytes and help out, I will greatly appreciate it. So that's enough about that. The game we're going to talk about this week is Centipede, an Atari game from 1982. I learned a lot reading the manual for this game tonight, which is maybe something I should have done 30-odd years ago. I always thought this was a game about a giant space bug who was dropping on your head and occasionally basically pooping little white dashes on the screen. The whole mushroom part of this game kind of eluded me until I read the manual, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So, sit back guys, it's story time again. 
Chapter 1 of the manual is titled, The Enchanted Forest. That might have been a little more menacing than I intended it. Oh well. Once upon a time, in a misty, enchanted forest, there lived a colony of good elves. These elves had a major problem, though. Their prized mushroom garden was infested with pests. A giant centipede, a poison-spreading scorpion, a mischief-making spider, and a pesky flea. The good elves tried everything they could to get rid of, to rid their garden of these bugs, but nothing worked. One day, an elf named Oliver was hacking away at a poisoned mushroom in the garden. Suddenly, he saw an unusual stick gleaming in the dirt. Just as Oliver picked up the stick, a spider jumped out from behind a mushroom. If my daughter was an elf at this point, she would have fled in terror. Anyway, back to the story. A spider jumped out from behind a mushroom and rushed at him. When Oliver waved his hands wildly to try to scare the spider away, sparks flew from his stick and the spider disappeared. At this point in the story, if my son were an elf, he would have been tremendously disappointed. How did that happen? Oliver wondered out loud. Could this be a magic wand? Soon Oliver had another chance to try the wand. When the scorpion scurried across a row of mushrooms, poisoning every mushroom it touched, Oliver pointed the wand at the scorpion and shouted, Be gone! Apparently, Oliver is descended from Gandalf, maybe? Instantly, the scorpion disappeared, and the poisoned mushrooms were transformed back into normal mushrooms. This is great! This is the tool we need to clean up our mushroom garden! Oliver shouted ecstatically. With his newfound magic wand, Oliver hid behind a mushroom. Okay, you great big centipede! He said, come out wherever you are. I'm ready for you now. So that's the setup for the game. Jumping ahead to the analysis portion. That's kind of like the, um, well, it's a whole story, I guess, in itself. But it also gives us the, the setting, the, the intro, the exposition a little bit. We're in a garden of mushrooms. We're an elf named Oliver with a magic wand. And there's a giant centipede and a spider and a scorpion messing with us. All right, so how's the gameplay work? Start the game with three magic wands, and every time you score 10,000 points, you win a bonus wand. You can have a total of seven magic wands at one time. Any wand one after that are not any wands one after that are not held in reserve. When you lose your last magic wand, the game ends. The centipede, spider, or flea. I played this game a bunch of times. I'm still not entirely sure. Actually, I think I know, but it's really hard to tell when the flea is on screen because it doesn't look all that different than the bits of centipede, the, the segments of the centipede. So, and there's so much going on that it's hard to even notice the flea. Spider is pretty obvious. Uh, scorpion, I'm not sure I've actually really noticed the scorpion either, for that matter. Centipede's pretty clear what that is. The mushrooms, when you know what they are, uh, as with a lot of things in Atari, it's hard to know what things on screen are, except that the manual tells you. But you know what they are. And the centipede is obvious, and the spider is obvious. The flea and the scorpion, not so much. If the centipede, spider, or flea bites you, your wand is snatched away and you become temporarily paralyzed. The game will... St Actually, what happens in the game is you, at least judging by what's on the screen, you explode and a new magic wand appears. The game will stop momentarily and all the mushrooms are counted for bonus points. Your points are added to your running score and the rejuvenated centipede attacks again from the top. You must replay the previous wave until the centipede is totally destroyed. The objective is to use your magic wands to score as many points as possible. Duh. Use strategy and quick thinking to avoid the paralyzing insect bites. The enchanted forest is a challenging but dangerous region. Yeah, 
property values are awful in the Enchanted Forest. Everyone's moving out. It's part of the urban Enchanted Forest blight. Use strategy and quick thinking to avoid the paralyzing insect bites. The Enchanted Forest is a challenging but dangerous region. I think I said that already. By learning about the dangers that lurk behind every mushroom, you can become a skilled and heroic wand wielder. Wand wielder is what they used to call me in college. Then the manual goes into a little breakdown of what the centipede looks like, and the mushrooms, and the spider, and the flea, and the scorpion. I'm looking at these pictures, I'm still not entirely sure where the scorpion is in the game, but they're telling me he's there. Poisoned mushrooms are created by the scorpion. They are a deadly white color. When the centipede bumps into a poisoned mushroom, it goes wild and plunges straight through the field of mushrooms towards you. Uh, and that's a bad day for you. I think I mentioned in the gameplay portion of this episode that I'm using a joystick. In my old equipment from when I was a kid, I have joysticks and I have the paddles. I don't have a trackball. I think this game would be a little bit easier with a trackball. Uh, the arcade version, I'm pretty sure, had a trackball, but I don't have one. So I use the joystick, which works fine, but, you know, you can always wish for more. That's kind of what life is about. Okay. Let's see, is there anything else here I need to tell you about? There's some helpful hints. Shoot away mushrooms in a straight line up the screen to create a corridor. When the centipede reaches this gap, it will fall straight down the battlefield and can be easily picked off. Since the flea doesn't appear until you have eliminated most of the mushrooms near you, you can set up a shield to prevent this lightning-fast pest from striking. Simply leave at least five mushrooms on the lower third of the screen. After you score 120,000 points, you'll need to leave 10 mushrooms. Shoot centipede heads to create new heads out of the body segment left behind. Since heads are worth 10 times the point value of body segments, you'll score lots of points. And be the envy of all your friends. Each creature makes a distinctive sound. Not really. By becoming familiar with these sounds, you will know without looking what is attacking where it is on the screen. That, I think, is a bunch of baloney. Because basically, the only sound that you hear consistently in the game is the sound of you shooting things. Everything else is just background noise. So I guess maybe they do make distinctive sounds, but I couldn't tell you one from another. Alright, well, here's your chance to listen to a little bit of the gameplay and tell me if I'm wrong about that. After the break, we're gonna slay some centipedes. mushroom garden lies out ahead of us, nestled amongst the rolling hills of elf land. It's time to tend the crop. On this farm, we beat our swords into plowshares, and then we use those plowshares to beat the holy crap out of giant centipedes. Nobody messes with our mushroom farm. Nobody. Spider. Thought he was gonna get me, didn't he? Okay. So I'm shooting the centipede and he just kind of breaks apart and turns into mushrooms. This is kind of weird. Sort of circle of life thing. I'm using the joystick for this because it's all I have. Uh, and I died. I think the trackball, which the arcade version had, would be a lot easier, but I don't have one. If any nice listener would like to send me one, that would be awesome, as I shamelessly beg for people to buy me things. 
I have mushrooms to take care of, damn it. Go away, spider. Ha! Killed that centipede. Ha ha! Ooh. Green spiders. Is that like a Hulk spider? Hulk spider smash! You forget that you can move your magic wand up on the screen a little bit, but only like maybe not even a quarter of the way up, which is a little weird. It'd be nice if you could go anywhere. One more wand. Better make this count. There's an awful lot of poisonous mushrooms there. My pizza's gonna be naked. Yes, that's right. I like mushrooms on my pizza. I also like pineapple, so deal with it. <sighs> Alright, mushrooms, I guess you're on your own. Back to you in the studio. Alright. Well, that was me protecting my garden. I'm sitting here chowing down on non-poisonous mushrooms. Oh god, I'm not sure that one was... Not poisonous. I better hurry up and finish this episode quick and get to the emergency room. Alright. little bonus treat for you guys today. On this show about story analysis within the game of Centipede, we actually have a story to analyze. Although I'm not going to, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. Atari put out a few comics back in the day, back in the 80s. There was a series of comics, I think, called Atari Force about a group of Atari-based superheroes, I guess? I've looked at them, I haven't really studied them, but they're not really tied to any particular game, necessarily. They also put out a few others, one for Yar's Revenge, which I talked about in Episode 1 of Atari Bytes. You should go back and listen to it if you haven't. That one, I think, was called the Quotile Ultimatum! Exclamation point. They also, Atari, did in conjunction with DC Comics, I now notice looking at the cover, they put out a comic tied into the Centipede game called, cleverly enough, Centipede. This is a long book. It's like a graphic novel, practically. It's 32 pages. It's the story about this cherubic-looking little elf. Really, he looks more like Casper, the friendly ghost, before he became friendly or a ghost. Kind of skipping through the enchanted forest with his buddy Centipede, which is weird to wrap your head around after you've spent a game slaughtering centipedes, but in the comic, they're buddies, as well as Scorpion and Spider. Scorpion, in this comic, is pictured with what appear to be boxing gloves on his pincers and four-legged pair of pants on four of his legs and then red tennies on those feet. So, they're skipping through the forest, everything's cool, life is awesome, I guess. The scorpion and the bug buddies have to go off and do something. Oliver is headed home, and he runs into the bad wizard. Sorry, the particularly evil wizard, as opposed to the just sort of casually evil wizard, I guess. Bad wizard starts using his magic wand to zap uh, the mushrooms, turn them into toadstools. Little Oliver's mom and dad come running, saying, Holy crap, it's going to destroy our crop. Evil wizards run around uh, creating toadstools. The villagers are clamoring to figure out what to do. They decide they're going to go off and fight the wizard. 
Oliver has to stay behind to replant the crop so that they don't starve. Yeah, this comes a little bleak. Dad's like, Oliver, if you screw this up, we're all going to die. I'm paraphrasing a little, but that's basically what he says. So Oliver's kind of mopey, but he decides he's going to fix this problem. He's going to start chopping down the toadstools himself. The evil wizard comes back. He's making more mischief. There's a confrontation. The evil wizard jumps at Oliver and somehow drops his magic wand. Oliver finds it, discovers that he can use the wand to turn the toadstools back into good mushrooms. The evil wizard hypnotizes Oliver's bug buddies, the scorpion, the centipede, and the spider to become bad bugs, I guess. Although it's not really clear what they're doing. They're mostly just breaking stuff. Actually, he only turns the scorpion and the spider evil, I guess. Centipede is still good. He runs to warn Oliver what's going on. Oliver uses his wand to defeat, uh, defeat the wizard. Actually, it gets a little unclear at this point what's going on, but that seems to be what's happening. They basically come to an agreement. Actually, I'm a little confused. What's this part? Oh. At one point, the wizard turns the centipede and the other guys into mushrooms, apparently. Oliver uses the wand to turn them back. And the wizard says, The suspension is killing me. Turn them back to elves, please. Actually, I'm confused by that part. So, Oliver's kicking the wizard's butt. And then his dad shows up and says, Oliver, I thought I told you to chop down those toadstools. And Oliver's like, well, things are back to normal, all right. I guess implying that dad's always kind of a jerk. And if you're wondering what happened to the evil wizard, Oliver gave him such a zap. I'm reading from the comic, but no, by the way. The wizard says, no, no, don't shoot. The wizard, by the way, doesn't look like a wizard so much as the old coot in every Western film ever. Sorry, Wiz, this is one story that's headed for a happy ending, and that includes you, too. Why, you little... Er, that is... Go. Oh, by the way, spoiler, I'm about to read the end of the comic. If you don't want to know how it ends, skip over this part. I do hope I get the opportunity to help you fine elves with your mushroom harvest. With the help of his new and improved, not-so-frightening rod, meaning the magic wand, Oliver turns all the toadstools back into mushrooms. For his heroic deeds, Oliver was voted Elf of the Year, which, as everyone knows, is worth the weight in mushroom bread. Not bad for the littlest, littlest elf of all. His mom says, that's my baby. And centipede says, think I'll quit while I'm ahead. Ha ha ha. Because the centipede is basically just a head with a bunch of segments that just look like more heads. And the last line is, and what about the littlest peed? He was sent to the front of the line where he guides the other peeds to this very day. The end. And no, I don't know why I was reading that part like an Old West story. So that's the Centipede comic. Go find your copy today. By the way, I think this one, the Yars Revenge one, and the Atari Force comics are all available on the uh, Atari Age website, which is a fine resource, and you should check it out. And, oh, shoot. All right, go ahead and do it. I'll just wait. Are you back? Okay, good. All right, so the big plot in this game is defending the mushrooms. Don't bogart all the shrooms, man. This is a trippy game. Like I said earlier, until I read the manual tonight, the whole mushroom thing kind of went by me. I thought it was just a space bug pooping on the screen, basically. And that when you shot those, I thought you got points for shooting the, the centipede and the bugs, but I thought you also got points for shooting the little 
dots on the screen. Turns out those are the mushrooms. So you learn things every day. I gotta be honest, when I'm looking at at the screen, it's a black screen, little points of light on the screen. It looks like a, a space scene. I'm not getting a real strong gardening vibe. Definitely not a mushroom vibe or an elf vibe for that matter. But we're here to analyze the story. Let's see what we got. I don't get anything from that comic out of this game, so I'm setting that aside. The introduction, the exposition, we got that from the first chapter of the manual. You're Oliver the Good Elf tending your mushroom garden. We're just going to take that on faith. That's sure, that's what's going on. By the way, we're doing the five elements of a story. Five elements of a plot. First one, that first level on the chart. Introduction, exposition. Oliver the Good Elf tending the mushrooms. Now the action starts kicking in. Giant centipede, the poison-spreading scorpion, the spider, and the flea all move in to muck things up. One good thing this story of centipede has going for it is the stakes are pretty clear. You want to defend your mushrooms. Bugs are messing them up, turning them into poison, ruining your harvest. You're trying to defend them. Clear stakes, clear motivation in this game and story. So the rising action is you using your magic wand to fight the bugs and save the mushrooms. Great. Good stuff. What's the climax of the game? I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that you're a good elf, but now you're packing heat. Right? You, you're supposed to be this good, nice farmer elf. And you run out and you grab a magic wand and start slaying the masses of bugs. The Orton Man can't hold a candle to your bug exterminating prowess. Candles, by the way, being very poor weapons against giant centipedes. Don't ask me how I know that. I just do. Pardon me while I pause to take a sip of... $5 wine. That's $5 for the bottle, by the way, because I'm classy. Actually, once I drank a $2 bottle of wine that my wife bought at the store on the clearance rack. I'm not proud. I drank it. But I, I vowed then that I would never pay less than $5 for a bottle of wine ever again, because, once again, classy. Alright, so where were we? So we've hit the climax of the game, I guess. You're out there with your magic wand, little Oliver. You destroy the bugs. You save the mushrooms. So what happens then? The falling action part of the story. I suppose this is the part where you've got the bugs on the run. They haven't killed you yet. And you're turning the shrooms back into the, the toadstools back into uh, safe-to-eat mushrooms. The resolution denouement portion of the plot. We have to fudge this one as usual. Like with most Atari games, there really is no resolution to the plot. You just run out of lives, or wands in this case. But I guess if we have to assign one here to the story, the resolution, I suppose, is basically you walk away happy that there are a ton of homeless smurfs wandering around because you and your elf buddies have eaten all of their mushroom houses. That's right, I just gave a shout-out to that other 80s icon. Smurfy sucks to be you. And that's the story of Centipede, such as it is. It's not a nice, tidy little package like Centipede was. Or, sorry, like uh, Superman was. But, you know, I think the game's more fun. This was always one that I would put in to play when I just wanted something that moved kind of fast and made lots of noise and didn't have a whole lot to it. It was always good for that. I was never necessarily great at it, 
on the Atari. I think I did okay with it in the arcade. Maybe again because of the trackball thing. But, you know, it's a decent game. Uh, oh, I had an alternative theory. An alternative story theory, by the way. I really need to get a sound effect for that. If I don't think of one before I put the show up for you guys to listen to, just insert your own noise at, right now. Okay. So my alternative theory is, remember from literature class, reading Franz Kafka's book, The Metamorphosis? That's the one where boring old salesman Gregor Samza wakes up one morning and he is turned into a giant bug. There's a truism in storytelling that the villain of the story never actually sees himself or herself as a villain, right? So what if we look at the game of Centipede, the story of Centipede, from the Centipede's point of view, right? You know, you you are assuming that you're playing this game from Oliver the Elf's point of view, that you're you're the good guy protecting your mushrooms from the bad guy centipede. But what if it's the other way around? What if? What about from the centipede's point of view? He's just doing his job. Maybe he's a little bit like Gregor Samza. You know, he can't help it. He's a giant centipede. He's just trying to live his life. So maybe centipede the game is kind of like a taste of what the metamorphosis part two Gregor Samza kicks ass would look like. He's a bug out to take what's his. And that stuff that isn't his, he's taking that too. His humdrum salesman life has left him angry and bitter and hungry for some shrooms. And the guy suffered enough? Stop shooting him. Man, I totally want to read that story. Writers, get on that. And that's our show. But before we go, our buddy Bill Kendrick from the XEGS podcast has dropped by once again. I can't seem to get rid of this guy. To tell us all about the Atari party happening this summer out in Davis, California. So here's Bill to tell you all about it. And then I'm changing the locks so that he'll go away. Hey, Bill. It's Bill Kendrick from the XCGS Cart by Cart podcast. I want to let you and your listeners know that I'm hosting my 8th annual Atari party this summer out here in Davis, California. That's near Sacramento and not far from the San Francisco Bay Area and Silicon Valley. It's free and will undoubtedly have at least one Atari 2600 set up. It's a one-day event on Saturday, July 30th. Visit newbreedsoftware.com slash Atari Party for more info. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Bill Kendrick. Just a reminder, you can find Atari Bytes on TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and iTunes, where you should leave a review to help our rankings and help other people find the show. You can email us at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can check out the show notes at ataribytes.lipson.com. You can like the show on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Atari Bytes. You can follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Remember, whenever you're typing uh, in your little internet daily, Bobby, that Bytes is spelled B-Y-T-E-S. And as I mentioned earlier, if you like what I'm doing with the show and you can help me out, do consider dropping by the Patreon page. I thank you in advance. My thanks also to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for the Creative Commons uh, use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.